today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Cash and Carry Kitchens. At the heart of Irish homes for over 40 years. Cashandcarrykitchens.ie Email todaycb at rte.ie now it's time for our Friday gathering and this week I'm joined by Fianna Fáil MEP for Dublin Barry Andrews, Sinn Féin TD for Cavan Monaghan and spokesperson on Foreign Affairs and Defence Matt Carthy, political reporter with the Irish Independent Gabby Agadavaskaitha and Irish Times Dublin correspondent Olivia Kelly and you're all welcome. Thank you for being here this morning. We will start with the ongoing crisis in RTE, the dramatic departure overnight of the chair uh, Ni Rahali after the <coughs> media minister Catherine Martin repeatedly failed to express confidence in her on prime time last night. Um, Matt Carthy, I'll start with you because your party colleague, uh, Brian Stanley, who is also chair of the Public Accounts Committee, said this morning that McCatherine Martin effectively sacked uh, uh, Shuani Rahali on prime time last night. Do you think that she jumped the gun? Well, what we had last night was a very public sacking. I think everybody who understands these issues knew immediately what was going to transpire. The chair essentially had no option. You don't but think to that meeting could have happened today? Uh, not <laughs> after the uh, okay. minister had partaken in the primetime interview in the manner in which she did. This is an absolute debacle. It's a, we've had a series of debacles ongoing now for the past seven or eight months. The stated reason why... Catherine Martin couldn't express confidence is because she indicated that uh, the chairperson of the board hadn't informed her of um, an exit package that was in place. Now remember we've been talking about exit packages for the past number of weeks. There's been lots of controversy there was lots of criticism in fact this week of the Minister when she outlined that her meetings on Monday with the DG and the chair were the first time that she had been appraised of exit pa- um, packages. According to Shuan Niralig's statement last night though it appears that Catherine Martin's department were actually informed of at least one exit package back in October. Yep. That means that the Minister now has serious questions to answer herself. We will be asking for her to come before the doll to answer that. But one of the things that needs to happen now immediately is that the Department publish every single piece of paper, every document, every pa- uh, every minute, every text message um, in respect of these matters and make them publicly um, public immediately. Because okay. we as politicians have spent a number of months being critical of RTE's drip feed of information, it is would be un- intolerable if the department now were to okay. proceed along the same basis. So the Labour Party says that Catherine Martin's position is untenable. Will you put down a motion of no confidence in the Minister? We have a motion next week on CAMS. What we'll be looking for next week is for the Minister to come before the doll. I don't have, quite frankly, confidence in this government at all to manage this situation mm. um, correctly. I think so if Labour the, put down a motion minister- of no confidence, will Sinn Féin support that motion? Yes, because we have no confidence in any minister of this government. The government um, handling of this is too symptomatic of their handling of too Do you think Catherine Martin areas. should resign? I think in the first instance, Catherine Martin needs to make it absolutely clear what her role has been and her knowledge has been um, in respect of the exit packages because of all the things, and there's been lots of anger and lots of frustration within the public in terms of the handling of RTE. But you're not calling but for her to go today. But the sight of... Why aren't Senior you? People who if you feel like that, why aren't you saying she should resign? Because what I want in the first instance is answers. What I want in the second instance is for this government to go. Um, and we will clearly hold this government to account mm-hmm. and we will clearly hold the minister to account. But what we've, we, we've been told is that the reason now this additional crisis on top of all the other crises in RTE have been, where the, we now have effectively have no chair of the, of the board is because the chair failed to 
give information to the minister. But it appears that the minister's department already had that information. So the question is, I know there's a statement um, being released from the DG. Apparently he was in the room where these conversations were were taking place. So the question needs to be asked, did he correct the chair or provide that information? But secondly, I presume there were officials from the minister's department also in that room. Were any of those who were present also aware Mm. of the correspondence that we assume it was in October mm. where apparently the chair of the board actually did inform the department of the exit package. And going back to the point I was making, we have this dual situation where on the one hand government are saying they're going to continue to drag people through the courts for not paying their TV licence. But on the second, we have these people who've been responsible for at least overseeing the crises that RT has been engulfed in, walking away with okay. very substantial financial packages and sorry, all the while we have absolutely sorry, Gabby, no oversight or management. No, sorry, Matt. Or accountability is it not actually of government? Is it not actually very clear? The Minister for Media is Catherine Martin. She asked the RT board chair, Shun Rahali, twice this week for certain information. Shun Rahali gave her answers. The answers were incorrect. Shunu Rahali previously has also not disclosed full information to the minister when this debacle first began. Um, she had asked Dee Forbes to resign. She met the minister. She didn't tell her that she had asked her to resign. She had to come back and apologise. So I think, yes, there is credit to what you're saying. Do the officials know? Do the department know that all the information should be published? Absolutely. Both by the department and RT. But is Catherine Martin's gripe with this to some extent, not very justified. She's the chair. She asked her questions twice. She was given wrong information on both of those accounts. Then she came back yesterday and actually the story is different again. So is the minister not justified to be extremely frustrated with this? And her aren't her comments on prime time. Actually, if you watch the full extent of her comments, yes, she did say, you know, she's deeply disappointed and so on. But then she went on to pay tribute to Tushun Rahali's Herculean efforts in the RT crisis in recent months. Like, is that not all fair enough? Uh, on the you, of it. Are you on saying the, you expected the, the meeting to go ahead today between Shuni Rahali and Catherine Martin? She, Absolutely, because Shunu Rahali made the decision herself to resign. The minister did not ask her to resign. The minister did not meet her last night. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, we're going to have a meeting this morning. I understand Shunu Rahali is not in Dublin. It was supposed to be online. But if the minister goes on and can't express confidence in you a number of times when asked, you're sure. gone. You're gone. Well, 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 she well, Rahali made the decision herself to resign. Almost more than can't express confidence or won't answer that question. It's to say that you're deeply disappointed. I don't know how Shunu Rahali could could continue mm. on after a minister saying she's I, I, deeply disappointed in her. Barry Andrews, can I yeah, ask you a yeah, please, specific yeah. question on this? Because your party colleague Malcolm Byrne said in a statement this morning, if a transfer buyers that the department was aware of the process surrounding Richard Collins' package, that that brings the department into this dispute. Do you agree with that? I, I think the minister is going to make a statement later on today. Catherine Martin is going to clarify some of the issues that are not known to us. We've had, we heard, I heard Simon Harris speak earlier in your programme. I I heard uh, Helen McEntee speak on Morning Ireland and clearly there is a massive appetite not just for information from the department but also information from RTE around all of the aggregate payments of the packages, the methodologies, the minutes of the remuneration committee, all of that can be put in the public domain today to try to add uh, a, a degree of transparency. And I think I think one thing your listeners need to be reminded of from time to time is the, is the independence of RTE and the minister doesn't run the organisation. The minister's only single conduit into the uh, the affairs of the authority is the chair. And as Gabby's just pointed out, unfortunately, there's a, a, a bit of a track record of the breakdown of that uh, information flow 
from the authority into the department. And I think that's maybe informs why the minister uh, approached yeah. the situation okay. as she did last she, night. She, she, she acknowledges that mistake, but she was the one who made the phone call yesterday, as we understand it from the statement, and we have another statement from the Director General now, which I'll bring you in a moment. She was the one who lifted the phone and said, I answered that question incorrectly. And I remind you of the 10th of October, when I told the department that this had gone through the board's remuneration committee. Yeah, absolutely. And we need, and, and her phrase, she and Raleigh's phrase in her statement was, uh, she informed uh, the process. So we need to exactly find out what does that mean? Because mm. we just need to take a deep breath here. We have lost the chair of one of the nation's most important uh, authorities. But should we have and lost we, the chair? Isn't that no, the question? I, it's really, really regrettable because, uh, you know, I, I've run organisations before and the relationship between the director general or the CEO and the chair of the board is absolutely critical. And Kevin Backhurst has been brought in here into RTE by Shuini Rahalik. She's now gone. Kevin Backhurst is now having to answer political questions left, right and centre. And where like, does it leave where is, him? Where does it leave him? Well, I, I mean, I, I think he is doing a very, very good job. But I mean, I re- it really puts this in, in in a terrible light now that he doesn't have the chair that brought him into the authority. I really think it's a, um, a really difficult moment for Orti. And the bigger question for me as a politician is that our democracy here in Ireland is under incredible threat. I know that it sounds like a bit of a tangent, but... Throughout the world, this is a big year for democracies and democracy is in recession across the world. And RTE is one of the pillars of Irish journalism that upholds democracy in this country. And unfortunately, it's, you know, you're supposed to do journalism without fear or favour. I think RTE mm. is almost over covering this issue out of fear that of being accused of not okay. covering it enough. I want to bring people that new statement from the Director General, Kevin Backhurst. We asked for clarity from Kevin Backhurst about the meeting with Catherine Martin this week. We asked if Kevin Backhurst was in the room when Shuni Rally neglected to recollect that Richard Collins' exit package did go before that remuneration committee of the board. And if he was in the room, why didn't he raise this? And we got this um, statement. The Director General and the former chair met with the Minister over for over three hours this week. A large volume of issues were addressed and discussed and within that context some confusion arose regarding a question from the Minister to the Chair about the approval by the RTE board of the exit of former CFO Richard Collins. The Chair had in fact informed the Department about the process which led to Richard Collins' departure from RTE on the 10th of October the day after it was approved at the Remuneration Committee which has delegated powers from the board. This detail was taken as read, although it seems now that it shouldn't have been. After checking the minutes of the remuneration committee, the chair moved swiftly to correct this detail with department officials on Thursday and remind them that the correct process had been followed and that the chair had previously informed the department of same. And that is the end of that statement. And again, that careful language around informing the department about the process which led to Richard Collins' departure. Uh, An email in from a listener Olivia, which says the speed with which the RT board was able to make a decision last night is in stark contrast to its ability to answer all other questions put to it over the last eight months. Well, what I was going to say about that statement there, so we know now that Kevin Backhurst was also at these meetings during the week. And I'm it, perhaps it's, you know, uh, staggering into the realm of conspiracy theory. But I wonder, is there a notion that over this whole issue of redundancies and people misremembering things in relation to redundancy packages, is there a notion that there is a head that had to roll and it's far better position to be without a chair than it is to be without a chief executive? 
Mm-hmm. Well, still, I mean, still, I, still, it's in an I, I, incredibly I, I, difficult position for RTE to be in. It is, either, but either much, much harder find a new chief executive. And I think there, there's a people are reasonably happy with the job that Kevin Backhurst is doing, mm-hmm. despite the, you know, he, he's been in a very similar position to Shun Nirali. You know, he said, it, now he says it was his first day, but he says he did misspeak about the the redundancy uh, package that, you know, he had, there was a convoluted explanation about how he was thinking of UK statutory redundancy and, and you know, and not Irish. This statutory. is in relation to Rory Coveney. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. it's the whole issue of these redundancy packages. Perhaps there is a notion that we, we needed a head on a plate and as I say, far easier be without a chair okay. than a chief executive. Well, if that was the objective, then I don't think the way to go about that is by the minister giving an interview on primetime television. What and should she have done? Because Ivana Batchik suggested interim. she should have phoned uh, Shuani Riley There yesterday. should have been a conversation to clarify and we need immediate clarification in respect of what information was given to the department and how uh, in mm. October in respect of the, the Collins exit um, package. But the truth is like this has been going on for far too long and the government have been on the back foot throughout of this, particularly Catherine Martin. Every single time an issue has arisen in RTE, she has always pointed the finger somebody else it's always somebody else's problem at the end of the day government has responsibility for RTE mm-hmm. there has been uh, the hands off approach that goes dates back to 1993 when Bertie Ahern actually removed RTE from the auspices of the controller and auditor generals over oversight um, therein was the roots of the problem and since then successive governments have allowed a situation to arise that even when back last year almost uh, we'll get to a point very soon where we're a year dealing with this issue uh, um, where all these revelations wastage of what at the end of the day is public money has gone unchecked and we have had drip feeds of information and we cannot allow a situation where the department is also now playing that game we need full transparency the minister needs to come whatever about a press conference today she needs to come before the doll and answer questions and she needs to to produce all documentation well I'd expect no less to be quite frank also hearing in the last few minutes that there will be a meeting now of the RTE board this afternoon. Um, Simon Harris made the point earlier on that the, we're waiting to have this conversation about future funding, Gabby, uh, of RTE. That conversation can't happen until all of this is cleared up and it seems to be moving further away rather than coming closer. Yeah, and that's the biggest shame out of all this is that the TV licence, that contentious fee that people pay every single year, we saw a huge drop off in that. When the scandal kicked off, people were saying, well, sure, look, why do I have to pay it if this is what's the goings on at RTE? And inevitably, like this just causes long-term damage to the organisation that does need financial reform. We know know that the government has committed to before the summer to signing off at least on initial plans of reforming of the television licence but like while all this distraction is going on I don't know how that can really happen Catherine Martin is expecting those two external independent reports on governance and culture they're coming in the next couple of days um, certainly before the end of the month is her expectation and so she wants to make a decision thereafter but really this mess around those redundancy and exit payments has to be resolved first and I will remind your listeners very quickly that all of this started with these 345,000 worth of hidden payments then we went on to the Toy Show musical debacle and now we're on something completely different like the scandal has gone on and evolved and it's grown legs and it's become something completely different now than what it actually began. Well Catherine Martin survive this? I think we'll have to see what she says today, how she handles it today. Yes, there is political pressure on her 
Um, but certainly cabinet ministers this morning have come out and they have they do have her back on this. So we need to see what the three government leaders think. Do they have her back on it? Do they acknowledge that it was a difficult situation? Do they think that she was right to go on prime time and say the things that she said last night? How well, was well, her we, handling we of that heard, situation? Um, your colleague Fiona Jean told mm. us that she did tell the other party leaders last night, the, the coalition colleagues, yes, yeah, that they knew she was going on. Yes, but the, I don't know if they knew the extent of what was actually going on. You know, we need to know, we need to find out who knew what, when. Did somebody have a conversation with Catherine Martin? Was she talking to Michal Martin, Eamon Ryan, uh, the Taoiseach? You know, did they say, yes, go ahead and do this? Um, or was she advised differently? You know, I don't think Catherine Martin is a minister. Like, she, everything that she does, she is very careful about it. And Matt is saying there, she's been on the back foot through some of this. That can be argued. But I think every step of this scandal, she's thought about her moves very, very carefully. That's why she's commissioned those independent reviews before a decision okay. is made yeah, on the so, 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 She hasn't made any actual decisions. She's commissioned yet, re- no, reports no, no, after no, no, reports. But, but she has two, always pointed two, the finger two at other people issues. rather there's than two, taking two a separate, approach. There's two separate issues here that are linked, obviously. One is the funding question of RT, which is the one that's coming down the tracks. And the other is the governance question, which we're kind of consumed with right now. And you know, I know that Sinn Féin want to have a to abolish the license fee. What I'm, I, I think is absolutely critical is that there is a massive, you know, that RT maintains its independence. And I am concerned about some of the, the talk about uh, about bringing RTE into, see, you know, the controller and auditor general. Um, I mean, there are benefits to that. It Catherine Martin's in favour of the direct yeah, funding. Well, 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 I, well it's, 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 let's see what these reports have to say. Let's see what these reports well, have to say. We've already had a commission no, no, on the future well, of the media, which actually set out very clearly the most appropriate way to fund RTE. Government have sat on their hands on that report. Well, Here's the truth what's happening now, though. Can, can I just Hundreds of thousands of people aren't paying their TV licence. And to take them to court Shin, while Shin, at the same time we have these you know, obnoxious Sinn Féin have taken more media outlets to court in the last year than any other That's party in Western Europe and the National Union of Journalists Penn International uh, Reporters Without Borders have all condemned your party for a concerted doing, Barry, campaign to against the media. The now that, that's party a, that you're no, no, I'll tell you why that's important. I'll tell you why that's important, Matt. If no, you listen, not. I'll tell you why it's important. Because, because we have to maintain to the independence of RT as a public executive. Can I ask a question? Sorry, just, just, on the issue, just on the issue of the CNAG, as you're referring there, maybe if RT was under the remit of the CNAG, that maybe we wouldn't have any of this debacle. Do you not think that? There is a possibility that with the CNAG, it distributes the risk around the governance of the organisations wider than just the RTE board. And there is a question about the uh, how capable that board is to run an organisation like this, given the competing activities, the commercial activities and the public sector broadcasting activities. So, so it does doesn't distribute. want, no, I, doesn't I'm, want I'm, CNAG no, to No, sorry, be that's, that's just my view. We're going to get expert reports which are going to recommend the governance, the governance future of RTE. And I think that We'll follow after that what the what the uh, the finance. But you're concerned about the direct funding. Model. I am very concerned about that because I think it's you know we need to maintain that independence well, at a time say, when journalism is TG so important and under threat from TG, people suing them with slaps. TG Cahar. Everyone is entitled to to sue if they feel that their good name. This point is important. TG Cahar is directly funded um, by the, through the Exchequer. Nobody is suggesting that they're politically manipulated in any way. There is a difference between editorial um, independence and, of course, RT and any public service broadcast have to have that protected at all costs. Concerted then there campaign is all, against the media. That's Then there is also the issue of accountability and transparency for the expenditure of public money because regardless of whether it's through the TV licence, which clearly is a system that isn't working, or whether it's through a household charge, which I think will be as popular a 
as dishwater or whether it's through the direct exchequer funding which I think is the most appropriate way to fund mm-hmm. um, public service broadcasting into the future one way or another it is still money Can that um, is coming from the, you know, uh, from the people of Ireland and at the moment Matt, RTE haven't got the confidence and with housing you, you know what those conversations there will is be a, like there is a model by which this can be addressed and it was set out very clearly in the Commission of the Future of the Media so what we've had since that report is other reports being commissioned and it points to the hands-off approach by this government which I think has led to the most recent because all of this all of these exit packages packages, all of this debate this has happened in the past number of months long after the original revelations that Gabby is speaking about and they have happened under the watch of people who had uh, who had committed to the Irish people that there was going to be a page turned in respect of accountability Are you you questioning how tenable Kevin Backer's position is in saying that? No, what I'm saying is we now need to ensure that all information is made public and we also need to ensure that government set out very clearly what the future of public service broadcasting. We've set out the direction we believe it's going to be Government have commissioned okay. more and more reports. Um, I want to move on to the Dublin Metro. We covered this in the during the week. The oral hearings are happening at the moment. Olivia, I know you've been there, but we had a huge reaction to this. So clearly it's not just a, a Dublin issue. And we also played that clip of Mary O'Rourke back in the early 2000s. Actually, it was in the year 2000. And she was outlining what an amazing transport project this would be for our capital 24 years ago. And we're still waiting. So Olivia, as somebody who was at the hearings, uh, let's talk about the because I think people who don't live in Dublin, it was the 9.5 billion, the estimated cost that really caught people's attention. Will it be 9.5 billion or will it be a lot more? No. Nobody knows, nobody knows at this point how much the Metro is going to cost because of the way that the, the process really. So what happens is people people might think that so it's an umbor planola hearing so that when a decision is made that that's essentially the green light for the project. It's not. So after uh, Transport Infrastructure Ireland gets their railway order, they go off then and they look for tenders at that point and they put together a business case and they come back to government and they say, this is how much it's going to cost. Can we go ahead ah, with it? So we're so a long till, way off. Yeah, and just be. on the 9.5 billion, that isn't even a figure. It's it's the figure that I use every day in my reporting because it's, it's the midpoint figure. So they go and they do their assessments and they say 9.5 billion is... The likely figure, taking into account things like inflation, it's it's the sort of figure that we can stand over that there isn't a huge degree of risk that it's going to go up. Mm-hmm. But it could be less. It could be around the seven billion mark. Or again, it could be more could be depending what happens. And that's know. that's the fear. And we call McCarthy on who spoke at the oral hearings. Barry Andrews, I see you want to come in here. He says we don't even need well, it. C- but before Barry comes Sorry, in, can I just you. say on the Colin McCarthy issue, he just he just does not want the, this metro. Yeah. So I don't really think uh, from Colin McCarthy's point of view, if it was to cost one billion, if it was to cost 20 billion, I still don't think he'd be on for it. He's made it very clear that he doesn't want this. He was against also, he was against the, the Lewis lines. He's said nobody would use them. He said they wouldn't reach their their 20 million projected capacity. They went far beyond that in the first year. And as we know, Mm. the the Lewises are packed all the time. Well, he's very concerned about cost, which I suppose is reasonable given what we've seen with the Children's Hospital. Go ahead. Yeah, just two things on on the cost. Um, John McManus wrote a very good uh, article in the Irish Times earlier this week where he was able to demonstrate that the cost per mile for uh, the, 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 uh, the project is on par with what is expected in Australia, Canada, 
US and the UK. The second point is in the same report that identifies 9.5 as the median cost, it also identifies 13.7 billion as the benefit that will accrue to the economy over 60 years. So there are, this is a cost benefit analysis. So it's going to cost whatever it's going to cost yeah. and there will be a benefit that will accrue to them. Now if you live in Swords, and where you, your population is already 60,000, which is projected to be 100,000 in, in, in a not too distant future. And you think about all the, few, the population in North Dublin, uh, the benefit for this is just enormous. Okay. But I, think I just really don't think we should be maybe looking at this in terms <laughs> of cost. Now, it's very hard, you know, it's, that's hard for people to hear because it is massive money. But really, you know, we we need this system. The people, we need it for, to bring people in from the airport, but also the people of North County Dublin, the huge population, it's where all the new homes for Dublin are being built. And they really, and they've been promises. I know people, I had people come up to me at the hearing during the week and say, I bought my house after hearing Mary O'Rourke in 2000 yeah. and be thinking in seven years' time, I'll have a metro to come into town. If you live there's so, but exactly, but they're so badly served. They are just so badly it, served in okay, that very but, densely right, populated But you have a really good bus network and that was one of Colin McCarthy's points. If you live you in Kildare, <laughs> if you live in Wicklow, if you live in Meath, your problems getting into work in Dublin are arguably greater. You actually have a rail line if you if you well maybe not Meath uh, but yeah if you if you're living in in Kildare Wicklow you do have rail lines in, into town. They they really have nothing in in this part mm-hmm. of Dublin. How do the constituents of Cavan Monaghan feel about this well, I, I um, think that, metro well, well, in Dublin? Well, one of the, the difficulties with and one of the reasons why Dublin is under so much pressure, and by the way, I believe Dublin needs a much improved public transport system that has to include um, ra- rail networks. But part of the problem is that um, proportionately we invest huge amounts in terms of infrastructure in, in Dublin and we, to the detriment of regions. So in Cavan Monaghan, we have no rail network at all. In fact, Eamon Ryan and this government are actually frustrating the investment that's needed so that we have an adequate road network, never mind uh, anything else. Well, that's you, a commitment in the programme for government, isn't yeah, it? That and public, it's one that that public that transport that takes a greater that, share. That is, well, no, the, the uh, um, commitment in the National Development Plan is that the N2A5 um, road network mm. actually be upgraded in recognition that if you want a public transport system, you the only system that's is, 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 a, is a road and there is, therein lies the problem and this government's approach to all of these issues has been the, the stick approach where the, through carbon taxes and, and other measures increasing the cost of people driving to work or to drop their kids to school and uh, or football matches or whatever the case may be and the difficulty for my constituents is that they have no alternative option mm-hmm. whatsoever and Gabby, that is a uh, huge problem. Um, it's not huge just this government so. Matt though like it's successive governments it that are responsible sure. for why we don't have a metro and if you look at Dublin for example and you compare it to other European cities such as London, Amsterdam, uh, Budapest for example, if you compare it to international cities where the rents are comparable in Dublin, for example to New York um, our public infrastructure, public transport infrastructure is just not there. There is no easy ways to get around and the metro is the obvious answer to this. I will say I was a little bit disappointed seeing TDs come out during the week and they are public representatives. They do have a duty to come back from their constituencies with the concerns of their constituencies. You know, Matt does and so does Barry Andrews and so does every other politician. But to come forward and to say, well, actually, we don't want to stop there in that community. We don't, we don't want the terminus here. Like, it's the common good of the metro. The metro will bring only positives. Yes, it's a nightmare to build it. Yes, it's going to cost a lot of money. Yes, it's going to be a headache for all of your constituents. But we do need the metro badly. We needed it 20 years ago. Well, I think the, I think the politicians, I think you're right. I mean, they have the, this is an oral hearing. That's that's what it's there for. And politicians are 
fairly well placed to give a view as to how it's going to impact. But it's nimbyism, though, isn't it? Uh, no, it's no, I don't think so. Well, well, hang on a second. It's, it's, no, I mean, they're, <laughs> do, they're doing their duty. Whole... I mean, look, Matt has just made a, an argument for Cavan. My mother's from Cavan, so I, I better I'm not be Mon- too critical. I'm from Mon- oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> big, big difference. But you represent them now. I walked into it. But, but it, it is their <laughs> job to represent their, their constituents uh, at an oral hearing like this. But and they, and they, they have done that. And Lorraine Clifford Lee, she made an argument for, look, you know, access to Dublin City University for people in North Dublin, access to the Rotunda Hospital. As, as you say, as Dublin. you say, she did, and 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 it is exactly nimbyism because you have a Fianna Fáil p- politician in Lorraine Clifford Lee from the north part of Dublin be- begging. She's, she's literally she's begging her and then you have a Fianna Fáil politician situated. from you know the leafy south side that's going to be a little bit disrupted mm-hmm. by this work, and and he's saying no, no, he's Jim now, O'Callaghan. Jim O'Callaghan. Yeah, now he's not saying don't go ahead no, with the metro. He's all. saying you know be, make a, no, a he, very, he very significant change at this the, stage <laughs> give, us, give us the metro but not here very careful how he, <laughs> yeah, how he yeah, suggested exactly. I mean I'm, I'm working with the southwest uh, link um, with, we're trying to get European funding for um, a feasibility study to extend from the city centre. So there, are, you know, there are different points of view, and ultimately, Board Banola yeah. will have to make this. But decision. Matt, just just on that, your party is not against the metro. No, no, I'm not, no. Well, are you I, against I, the metro? No, what I have said he is, wants of course, Kevin there, there is no, no, there is nothing <laughs> more frustrating than this. This city is a is a disaster to, to get around. And I'm I, what I'm saying is, I'm someone who has to come to the city at least three times every week. I have no other uh, other option in order to get here than to take my car because by the time I leave at night, there is no public transport option to get to get back. So what I'm saying, if we're investing in public transport in Dublin, which we should be, we also have to ensure that we're also um, investing in connectivity across the regions, because otherwise we will end up with an ever increasing population in Dublin and we will end up in regions that are dirt of the mm-hmm. type of infrastructure that is necessary in order to ensure that our young people have an option to stay in their home communities and to work and to raise their families there if that's what they want yeah, to so do. So are you saying that Dublin gets, gets all the money and all the investment and they need more roads in Monaghan? And we'll well, take a rail network you know, as well. So, um, so and, we, that shouldn't be, and that shouldn't be a bizarre if we concept. Do one, we had we a whole rail network. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm about because we had a rail network coming through County Monaghan to the northwest. A previous Fianna Fáil government not only did a daft thing by closing the rail network, but then actually did an. Uh, unforgivable thing by actually selling off the actual rail lines which has made it much more difficult to actually correct their mistake. But if we're going to talk about having a proper vision for public transport mm-hmm. across the island of Ireland, then we have to look at the entire island of Ireland, not just one city, which uh, my it's fear a, is Barry, that the focus fair, has that's been... That's a fair point, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I've looked down at the transport uh, across the country. We, 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 are, we, we are governed by a set of policies which are adopted by government. National Development Plan has been mentioned, the National Planning Framework, the National climate action plan all of these feed into the decisions that are made and that's what will inform board planola ultimately it won't be what individual politicians have had to say at the oral hearing there will be an element of it but these overall government policies will decide but isn't what the, point the investment will be whether, whether it will be regional sure. or in the city but, but isn't the point that we should have had all of this infrastructure years ago and now it's way too late well, way too, too expensive too I mean, just like the children's hospital in, it's just another in, in 20, 2011 okay. we had the approval for the for all right. Metro North and it's got to leave it there thank you very much for coming in Barry Andrews Matt Carthy Gabby Agatha Viscaitha and Olivia Kelly